0: Thank you for listening to Your Neighbor, a Priest, a podcast featuring commentary and theological reflection on local news and events in Southwest Washington, and the larger themes that impact all of us as we wrestle with the challenges of life, and in particular, American life in the 21st century. I'm Father Nick Mather, Rector of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Longview, Washington, and I am your neighbor, and I am a priest. following episode grapples with one of the more fundamental elements of our faith and what it looks like to live into this aspect of our faith in a modern industrial world, creation care, that is, stewarding the land and all of creation that has been gifted to us. Our special guest today is Pastor Allison Maddox of Longview United Methodist Church. I want to begin our conversation today with a reading from scripture. and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the dome. And it was so. God called the dome sky. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth. And every tree with seed and its fruit, you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. This is both the story of our creation and the basis for a lot of how we as Christians are called to live into this creation that God has bestowed upon us, given over to us in our care. For creation is deemed very good by God. And if creation is very good, then we must rise to the challenge of caring for and maintaining the reality that it is very good. With that, I'm pleased to welcome Pastor Allison to join me in this conversation today. Welcome, Allison.
1: Greetings. Good to be with you.
0: Yeah. Well... Make a special note for listeners that we're doing this in a responsible, isolated way, uh, calling in to talk to each other over the magic of the internet and apps for recording this podcast today. Uh, the first co- question uh, I just want to pose to you um, comes directly out of the Genesis reading that we heard earlier in this podcast. And that's uh, this phrase that God uses on creation. So, what does it mean to you? When you hear that God has deemed creation as very good.
1: That God has a particular bent toward the way God perceives creation. And therefore, that lens is one for me to put on. uh, Even when I'm dealing with mosquitoes or ticks or chiggers, that there is nothing that is necessarily wasted in the economy of God, um, but th- that that all is good and should be perceived as good, regardless of the impact of what might be perceived as ill is on my life at the very moment. For instance, I've been in the context before where mosquitoes carried. Malaria and, and cerebral malaria, and caused death. Um, I don't. I don't know why they exist. There was a poet named Ogden Nash, who wrote a little ditty, which was that God, in His wisdom, made the fly, and then forgot to tell us why. Um, which is amusing, but at the same time. I find myself challenged sometimes to see certain parts of creation good, and yet that is the way God sees it. So it is for me to try to enter into what is it God is saying to me about all of creation being very good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I. I... I resonate a lot with what you're saying. Uh, One of the phrases I've used before in trying to explain this is that if this is what God says about creation, then that means all of creation is inherently at its very nature, good, like in its creation was good. Yes. Um, And however influence our influence on the world, the influence of just growth and time things may look maybe less good than maybe they were at the beginning, but that doesn't mean inherently that they
1: aren't still good. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And that really, that's a, that, that can be a shift in perspective to to learn that God created and called it all good. Yeah. I think it's definitely challenging Um.
0: to, to hold that in our minds.
1: Yeah, I agree. Very challenging, especially right now, because we can take a look at a particular virus and say, what good is there to this thing that is wreaking havoc in our world? Um, And, and I don't know how to answer that. Um, There is a world that's under the microscope that is just, uh, unbelievable and amazing in the same way that when we stare out into space, um, what we can see and what we can't see is also amazing and in some ways incomprehensible. And um, I, I don't I don't know what to do with all that other than to say there is still so much about God's creation that we are learning. And so what we call good may be a very abbreviated version of what God calls good.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So I think that kind of leads us into my next question. And that's why do you think people should care about the state of creation today or should people care About the state of creation today.
1: Well. If God. Has created and called it good. It seems to me that if we. Want to be in relationship with God. Wouldn't we want to. Learn more about. And value highly. What God has called good. And. It, it goes to how we have interacted with creation over the, the centuries, in, in maybe this is getting too far ahead of you, but in, in the way we have looked at creation as something that needed to be changed or tamed or redirected in order for it to fit what we wanted um, as opposed to maybe taking a look at the way things were created, the the network, the web um, of life that God created and how that all fits together. I, th- I think of the butterfly effect, which I'm guessing most people are probably familiar with, but in case um, people aren't, it's the idea that the flapping of a butterfly's wings in a certain part of the world has the potential to exponentially impact the way air movement is occurring in another part of the world. So the, the lack of butterfly wings flapping is just as impactful as uh, too many butterfly wings flapping. Um, mm. Although we're not in danger of that at this point in our history, but yeah, I think that,
0: um, I think that's an important point. And I I can't help, but think that like when people go out into the parts of creation that are largely untouched um, and not that really any part of creation at this point has been untouched, but the pieces that we can find that are largely untouched, still exist in such a beautiful and i mean we use the word pristine to describe them Mm -hmm. um and then you look around at the parts where we have completely overtaken and we don't use the word pristine to describe them right (laughs) so i think that's a an important uh marker of our own just even in our own understanding of the world today of the words we use to describe different parts of creation, I think speaks to maybe how we should be thinking of all of creation.
1: Yes. Um, Including other humans.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Not,
1: not just the, the air, the soil, the water, flora and fauna, but also how we take a look at other humans and that God created and called all of it good. And that's uh, a whole nother thing to wrap our brains around um, because we're used to categorizing people in much starker terms.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think that uh, kind of tails in with the next question. Um, in the Genesis reading, the word that's used uh, when human beings are created in terms of kind of being responsible for creation is dominion, (laughs) dominion over the creation. So what does that word mean to you in the context of our roles as stewards of this creation? What does it mean? And what what should it mean today for us to have dominion?
1: Well, I'll tell you my bias is that that's a really dangerous word. Um, because dominion has connoted domination over the centuries. And to to dominate nature meant to, rather than work with it um, and learn from it, it was to try to control it and, and shape it. Um, I, I think as an example of how we've tried to change the, way the Mississippi or the Missouri River flows, especially the Missouri River. Um, and and the, the initial benefits m- may not outweigh the subsequent um, problems of what it meant to try to change the flow of that river. So I resonate more with the idea of steward and stewardship which um, d- dominion has the positive in some ways of talking about God and God's kingdom. But to have dominion over means to be a, a caretaker of and um, to be charged with the welfare of that which is under your care um, rather than to dominate it. Unfortunately, if we were to take a look at the way kingdoms worked in the past, it was sometimes you had kindly rulers who uh, took care of those with, who were under their care. And sometimes you had rulers who dominated those under their care and was a power over rather than a care for. Um, So I I prefer the care for, the steward of, um, rather dominion is a complicated word.
0: Yeah, definitely. I I looked up this word to get to make sure I had a clear understanding of what it really is at its, at its base at its Mm -hmm. root, um, really come to understand it. And I was struck by the sense of the word really meaning sovereignty in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, uh, particularly in terms of land use. And if we think about creation as being an expression of the kingdom of God and us kind of being the sovereigns over that in place of God, um, being co-creators, if you will, with God and in, in stewarding this land, what does it mean to rule over creation, but do it from that viewpoint of God and not necessarily the viewpoint that human beings have taken into positions of power and leadership and and kingship, if you will? Um, you know, our, our human understanding of sovereignty does not really match the... Uh, Understanding we have for Kingdom of God or Jesus as the king of kings it 's an entirely different understanding of what it means to be sovereign, so I think that 's kind of an interesting play on that word of dominion that we see and our understanding of it agreed
1: i w- one of the things that makes me think of is um, there's the having been involved with international development at one point in my life there's the story of the people coming from the quote-unquote developed part of the world to the quote-unquote undeveloped part of the world and explaining to the farmers that planting their seeds on the hillside around the rocks was not the way to do it, that they needed to be planting in rows and and be a little more orderly and contained. And despite their best efforts, the indigenous farmers were unable to convince the the experts that it needed to be done differently. And so they planted things in rows. And when the first came, first rains came, it washed all the seeds away, except for those people who had not followed the experts advice and continued to plant around the rocks, which held the plants in place when the first rains came. And that is indicative of those who have learned to work with nature rather than try to uh, maybe in my vocabulary, uh, have dominion or dominate nature. Um, and nature is one part of creation, but it's a part of creation that has direct impact on all of our lives. Um, and it's, so I tell that story just as, uh, an anecdote of what can happen when when we don't understand what it means to care for creation or be stewards of or hear that word "dominion" in the way of the context of God's kingdom. Yeah, definitely. And so, um,
0: I think it's it's clear that. We we probably both agree that we have a responsibility as Christians then to make special efforts in caring for creation and also educating and others on how they too can care and why they should care. Um, I think it's clear from the fact that we are sitting down and recording this podcast today. Um, but how do we how do we get others to understand their that responsibility and own that responsibility as Christians as faithful believers? to make that special effort?
1: It's easy in today's world, especially right now as people are maybe feeling somewhat isolated, um, to be disconnected from those elements of creation upon which we all depend. Um, Water, the, the soil in which we are needing to grow our food, the air that we breathe, Um, and, and not just us, but all living things need those elements in order to thrive. And God wants for us abundant life. And sometimes we have categorized that as something being strictly spiritual. But abundant life is something that is a justice issue. It's something that is desired for all of us to enjoy God's good creation in the the best way possible. And in order to do that, we have to be mindful of the ways that we are using some of those elements and the impact on the ways that we use it on not just ourselves, but our brothers and sisters around the world. Um, and I think we're finding out as we're in isolation that we're all enjoying cleaner air to some degree right now. Um, we're all enjoying maybe uh, a different pace of life that has allowed us to reconnect with in relationship with maybe some people that we found we just didn't have time for, it's allowed us to reconnect with uh, listening to the birds, noticing the flowers, um, and taking some enjoyment in creation in a way that maybe we were losing touch with. Um, And I think I I forgot your question, Nick. (laughs) No,
0: that's... (laughs) That's perfect. That's a great answer. Um, I just want to add one one thing to that. Um, you spoke of hearing the birds sing, and I, I heard a wonderful research project that's being done all over the world. Scientists in Europe and the United States and other countries across the world have actually measured the fact that songbirds are louder. They're singing louder now um, uh, than uh, they had previously. Uh, because they can actually hear each other from far away. Um, And so they're making effort to actually be heard by each other from far away. Uh, I think it's kind of a funky byproduct of the fact that we're not out in the world and we're not messing And you know, we're
1: not used to thinking of birds as having maybe some kind of relationship with each other and wanting to connect with each other. But that's what I'm kind of hearing as the subtext in what you're saying, is that all of a sudden they're discovering each other again.
0: Yep. So I definitely think that this time is giving us an opportunity to, like you said, take a step back and reflect and realize our impact and realize how we connect to one another, but also to this world that we live in.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Um, And I don't I don't know about you. I've been paying more attention to actually the things that are growing around my house, uh, I noticed that a a little, I I rent my house and there's a little birdhouse that's been hanging on the um, porch outside my kitchen window and I'd never really paid much attention to it. And this year, for whatever reason, there are chickadees that seem to be spending a lot of time in that little birdhouse. And just being able To stop and watch them for a little bit has just brought me so much enjoyment. Um, And the idea of watching new life springing forth, um, whether it's the anticipation of little birds or seeing plant life coming forth, there is um, powerful soul mending work that happens when you get to watch new life come forth in creation. Um, and I, I think that that's a really powerful, we know that that's a powerful metaphor that we use in our own faith. Um, and when I think about many of the places in the world that are starting to become dead zones, it gives me great pause uh, to think about are those places that we might be able to th- to think about how th- we can allow new life to spring forth in those places if we're willing to change certain behaviors so that it can. Um, and I think that's a story Changing behaviors so that new life can spring forth is a part of the Christian story.
0: I want to thank Pastor Allison again for joining me today. I think it's crucial for us to have these types of conversations as citizens, as members of a community, and also as Christians. I do not think that my identity as a Christian means that I need to care more for the shared responsibility we have for advocating and championing a collective concern and focus on the health of our environment, both locally and globally, but it certainly is my personal motivation. For I see creation as a great blessing and gift that we have received. Being able to go into the mountains to behold the majesty and immense beauty of creation, Being able to get out on the water to simply be, to go fishing, camping, mountain biking, wandering, to reconnect with nature. All of that is a blessing and a gift. But even if you do not espouse a Christian faith, or any faith at all for that matter, it doesn't remove the fact that we all have a responsibility in caring for this world, this island planet that we call home. It's been an interesting and reflective moment for me to see how much impact we as a human population have on our planet, an impact that is clearly evident as we have stopped moving about this creation during this time, in turn seeing the cleanest air and waterways in decades. It's unfortunate that this has taken a global pandemic for us to see quite how impactful we truly are on this world, but perhaps this is a moment for us to take a collective pause and reevaluate what we value in our world, discerning how we might continue to create opportunities for this creation to breathe long after our pandemic time has passed. Thank you for joining me today for Your Neighbor, a Priest. Join me next time for a special episode offering a personal reflection on what it means to live into community with one another and how our understanding of community can and probably must shift coming out of this period of isolation and pandemic. That episode will be premiering on Monday, May 17th. Until then, stay home, stay healthy, be well, and God's peace and love be with you all.